Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little, and I'm here today with the 77th episode of Weekly Poker Hand. Today, I'm going to be discussing a concept that I learned from Phil Helmuth, who is one of the authors of Excelling at No Limit Hold'em. You can actually get a free 16-page PDF extract of Excelling at holdembook.com. You can also sign up for the free webinars I'm going to be doing with each of the authors over the course of the next year. And one of the things I learned from Phil was that if you've played a lot of live poker and you have paid attention during that time, you should have relatively good intuition, assuming you're a smart person and you pay attention to what's taking place at the table. And it occurred to me that I fall into that category. I've played a lot of poker, both live and online, and I've seen a lot of things. And sometimes things just don't line up to where you know your opponent's taking a strong line, but something's just screaming in the back of your head that the guy's bluffing. Or the other way around. He's taking a weak line, but something's just telling you he has it. And I'm not really sure where I stand on the idea of just having really great intuition, but some people seem to have it. I mean, Negranu seems to play perfectly. Helmuth seems to play perfectly. Ivy seems to play perfectly. And even if they have fundamental or quote-unquote fundamental flaws in their game, they seem to make the right decision a lot. And whenever you see the same guy making a right de- right, the right decision a lot and getting deep in tournaments, despite perhaps fundamentally or fundamental errors, you should take a look at what they are doing and see if you can implement that into your game. So this hand is from a recent tournament I played, the 5,000 euro main event in Malta, the European Poker Tour event. We are, looks like near the end of day one, and I have 64,000 chips at 300, 600. So it folds around to me, I'm in the low jack seat. For those who do not know, the low jack seat is the seat to the right of the hijack. So there's the button, the cutoff, the hijack, then the low jack. So I raise to 13, 000, or 1,300 with ace jack of spades out of my 110, 115 big blind stack. A kid who I, or a, a guy who I call a lag slash tag, that means a guy who seems splashy enough, but not blatantly crazy. He decides to call in the cutoff. So whenever he calls in the cutoff, I generally discount all of the premium hands. So that leaves him with a range of mostly big cards, um, maybe suited aces, maybe suited connectors, maybe medium pairs, small pairs. But I think I can discount the big pairs and ace-king a lot. So you see a flop heads up. And the flop comes queen of spades, eight of hearts, seven of hearts. I have ace-jack of spades. So I have an overcard, backdoor flush draw, backdoor straight draw. And my opponent has... 28,000 chips going to the flop. A pot is 4,100, so or 4,200. So he is the effective stack of 29,000. This is a spot where I do think this flop should be pretty good for my opponent's range. I don't really want to check call. I mean, I guess if I wanted to have a check raising range, this hand would probably fit pretty well into it because it's not quite good enough to bet, not quite good enough to check call. So maybe check raising this is a sweet. But in reality, I don't have much of a check raising range at all in this scenario. I think it's a very, very hard play to balance, although maybe balance is irrelevant in the main event type tournaments where a lot of people satellite in. Anyway, I decided to continuation bet. I bet 1,700 into the 4,200 pot. This is a cheap bluff that's going to get called a lot, but I do think there are a lot of good turn cards for me that will allow me to proceed somewhat happily on the turn. And if I get a very bad card, I'm just going to give up. So turns of five of spades. I have a flush draw now. And I like to bet again, 3,200. This is another bet designed to let me see the river cheaply. I don't expect to get too many folds here unless my opponent just has total air, like 
Jack nine of diamonds or something like that. Um, but I do think that betting here will allow me to make a big bet on the river when I do happen to get lucky to complete my flush. So I'm okay with this bet. I think it's great. I have no problems here. I could also see check calling being fine. I do think my opponent's going to bet with all of his hands, like Jack nine of diamonds, um, Jack 10 offsuit, maybe ace 10, stuff like that. I also think he may just bet pocket twos though. So I may be check calling behind a decent amount of the time. The real problem with check calling is that if I get there on the river with a flush, I don't really want to check call turn and then lead the river. That's a play that looks incredibly strong. And whenever you are incredibly strong, you really don't want to be taking incredibly strong lines. So I like betting. This is a good hand to have in the betting range. Has a lot of equity when I get called. Well, the replayer went a little fast. Um, So I bet 3,200. My opponent made it 11,000 out of his 27,000 chip stack. Now, quite normally, whenever your opponent makes this play... He has a very good hand he is trying to protect. Usually a hand like ace-queen, maybe pocket sevens, maybe pocket eights, maybe nine-six if he has nine-six of diamonds or something like that. And he is really trying to not get outdrawn. And typically, that is not a good line to take because your opponent's only going to call if they have a very good made hand, which they would have given you action with had you played it uh, a different way that did not look so strong. So when he makes it this large... Typically, I just fold, and I don't worry about it. I just assume, you know, whatever the guy the guy has a good hand, and I lose. Sucks, but I lose. I definitely don't think I can call to try to get there with only a flush or the ace on the river. I don't think that's worth it. But in this exact spot, something was just screaming at me that my opponent was bluffing. And this is the intuition that Phil Helmuth talks about, and I think is the reason he has done so well in tournaments. And... I could just look and tell the guy was bluffing. I don't know. I don't know what to say beyond that. He looked uncomfortable. He looked like he was trying to put a play on me, and those things combined made me go all in. And even though my opponent put in eleven thousand with only sixteen thousand behind, I thought he would fold a lot of the time. And what does he do? He folds. So he ends up folding, giving me the nice pot, and we end up picking it up. And I remember whenever he folded, he instantly folded. Like, there was not even a, a thought process. He decided that he was going to try to bluff me on the turn with a very strong play. I mean, I'm I'm folding there almost every time. And it did not work because something was yelling in my head to not fold, and I decided to trust it. And since I have been trusting my reads, I've actually been picking up a lot more pots that do not belong to me, even when my opponents take aggressive lines. And also just getting it in really good sporadically in spots. I remember a hand I played recently in a WPT in Jacksonville where I raised, someone called, someone re-raised pretty large and I had ace-queen. And I think in a typical tournament, I would have strongly considered just folding, but I went with the read, decided to go all in. Opponent had king-queen. He decided to call it off and um, I ended up losing. So that's an example of a spot where, again, I just trusted the read. I ended up losing, but I got it in good and that is all you can do. You're going to find that in poker tournaments, you lose most of the time even if you get it in good. It is hard to win a lot of all-ins in a row. But when you do, you get paid off disproportionately well because you win 100 buy-ins. So that's going to be it for this episode. If you've played a lot of poker, do not be afraid to trust your reads. I've learned a ton from writing and studying with the authors of Excelling at No Limit Hold'em. If you want to get good at poker, if you want to broaden your horizons, I strongly suggest you check it out. There is something in this book for everyone. While every chapter in the book may not resonate with you, 
even if one chapter in the book resonates with you, it is well worth the well worth the price. And I'm confident that over time you will get something out of each and every chapter in this book. So check it out. You can get it at holdembook.com. This has been Jonathan Little for Weekly Poker Hand. Thank you very much for watching, and I will talk to you next week.